0: Welcome to The Little Sleep Show, a podcast about helping your children and family get the sleep you need. Hosted by Laura Meyercourt. Hello and welcome back to The Little Sleep Show. I'm your host Laura, and I am an infant and child sleep consultant. And I'm here to answer all the questions and the ins and outs you have about your children's sleep. And about how to parent mindfully and support your children through all the changes that are happening for them. This week, we're talking about new siblings and also about sharing a room with siblings. So, before I get into all of that, I wanted to take a minute to check in. Um, Right now, we have the coronavirus pandemic going on, if you're listening to this currently, which is at the end of March. And I really, Feel like I can't not address what's happening because it does affect our parenting, our mental and emotional health as well as our children's mental and emotional health. In our house, we I think we kind of reached a place of acceptance with it a little bit. That it's a reality check for us right now. It's been about two and a half weeks since we um, have been uh, in our homes with no school. And our kids are definitely getting bored. Um, we're getting bored. I'm struggling personally to create a work routine for myself. I just find it hard to get motivated. But with our kids, we're just trying to keep them in a little routine. We've definitely loosened up a little bit on it. We've let them stay up just a little bit later, only half an hour in the morning. But they're still uh, you know, in bed, lights out by around 9 and then up by 8 o'clock in the morning and starting schoolwork. And that works for us right now. They seem to finish their schoolwork in a couple hours and then we do have them playing music and doing chores and then they're kind of allowed to have free time for the rest of the day. And on the days when it's nice, we're going outside and we're taking walks, you know, around our neighborhood. We did go on a trail last week where there was nobody there. So, we're just we're trying our best. I mean, this is a challenging time and I know there's people out there that have it a lot worse than us. But, you know, this is really going to take all the resources that we have as parents to keep ourselves calm and centered and grounded so that we're able to be that that rock for our children. Because it's a very uncertain time. I mean, we got the news yesterday that it's going to probably be more like the end of April until we're allowed to return to normal at the earliest. And that was a kind of a blow to me, even though I knew that in the back of my mind, just hearing it out loud was a little bit scary. Like, wow, maybe the kids aren't going to go back to school. They might be home for a really long time. And what does that mean for Our family, what does this mean for our businesses? You know, my husband and I are both small business owners and definitely taking a big hit. So I think the point I'm trying to make is that we're really just taking it day by day and sometimes hour by hour. And that's really all we can do. You know, talking to our kids openly about what's happening. We definitely help them connect with their friends a lot more the last couple days. So even doing that, like recording a video for younger kids who can't maybe do a video chat with their friends, have them record a little video and, and email it to their friends or send it to their friends just so that they're able to express how they feel t- with their friends because they definitely are in some grief right now, missing school and missing friends. I just wanted to touch on that because I, I can't pretend like it's not happening because it's affecting every single area of our lives right now. And... If you're listening to this after this is all over with, this could go for any major transition, you know, within a family, a death, a divorce, moving, we just need to take things day by day and take care of ourselves and our own emotions and feelings um, so that we're able to be there for our children because our children are as uncertain as this is for us adults. It is so much more uncertain for our children. They are very confused about what's happening and, you know, various levels of understanding at various ages. So I hope that's helpful for some of you that you're going through similar situations and maybe can relate and not feel so alone. So today's show, I wanted to talk all about siblings because a new sibling is a massive change and transition for any family. Now, it is of course an extremely happy, joyful time, so exciting, but it's also a stressful time, not only for children but for parents as well, managing more children, you know, just the stress of adapting again to a newborn's schedule that's all over the place and trying to keep your older child in their routine as much as possible. It's a balancing act and it's it's not easy. I wanted to just give you my best um, information and tips today, and hopefully something you hear will help you. So definitely how your child feels and reacts to a new sibling is going to depend on their age quite a bit. You know, uh, an older child will probably take it a little bit easier than a toddler who still needs a lot of attention and help from you. You know, they still depend on you quite a bit. It's also going to depend on your child's personality. How much you prepare your child is a big deal. So you can talk to your child as soon as you are comfortable sharing the information with your child that you are expecting a new baby or that your home is going to have a new baby if you're adopting. You can then share that with your child so that they don't feel the energy of that and not know what's going on, you know, children can feel our energy. So if you're telling other relatives and you're waiting to tell your child, your child is going to feel and sense that something is off and feel insecure. So sharing with your child as soon as you're comfortable with sharing with others is a good idea to prepare your child. You want to give your child uh, or children as much time as possible to prepare. And you can read books with them. You can talk to them about our baby. Of course, let them touch your belly, and bond with the baby, talk to the baby. So you really want to make this a a group effort, I guess is the word, for lack of a better word, that your child has some uh, ownership of this whole experience as well. So younger children are definitely likely to regress when a new sibling is born. So potty training can go backwards, sleep can definitely take a hit, and I'll talk more about that shortly baby talk, acting like a baby, wanted to be treated and carried like a baby. I've certainly experienced all of this when I've been taking care of children. Um, Every family that I worked for had a new sibling at some point and had to, you know, address the regression of the older child. And it can be hard. It can be frustrating for parents because you're trying to care for this baby and your older child is appearing to be so needy. But What this really is, is, um, you know, the new sibling is threatening to your child. It's threatening the bond and the attachment with you. And that's the most important thing in their lives is their relationship with you and their attachment to you and the ability to count on you when they're distressed, which is where attachment is formed in your child's eyes. And this causes a lot of insecurity, and jealousy, and emotional turmoil. So there certainly will be, no matter how much you prepare your child, there will be some of this emotional outbursts. There'll be a point when your child realizes this baby is here to stay, no matter how old they are. And there might be a little bit of rebellion, you know, that they're realizing that this baby is not just this little temporary thing to play with, but it's actually here to stay and it's changing the entire dynamics of the family. So you can see from a child's perspective how massive of a change this is. And so the biggest tip I have and the thing I see where a lot of families make this mistake is trying to make other changes anywhere around the time of the baby. So I would say give yourself a buffer of four to six months making any kind of changes, whether it's as big as potty training or whether it's as small as trying to wean from a pacifier. That might seem like a really small thing, but if you try to have it coincide with a new baby coming to the house, it is going to be even more threatening to your child because your child's routine and the way they do things and all the objects around them are just the most comforting thing to them because as I've said in previous podcasts, children thrive on routine and predictability Anything that threatens that is going to make them feel very insecure and worried. That's my biggest tip with siblings. Just be very careful about changes. There's so much I could share with you, but I wanted to keep this podcast focused on siblings and sleep. So I'm going to cover two topics, and one of them is sleep and then the new baby. And then the second topic will be sharing a room if you are someone who is thinking of you know, putting two children in the same room or you have to out of necessity, I'm going to share some tips on that. So co-sleeping options. If your child is currently co-sleeping with you, your older child, you have two options. I definitely would recommend against trying to put your child in their own bed anytime close to the time the child, your new child is, is expected. Just again, transitions. We want to do one transition at a time with children the two options that I would give parents is that the older child stays in bed with the parents and then your new baby sleeps in a co-sleeper or a bassinet right next to the bed or very nearby. The second option is that your older child sleeps on a mattress on the floor and then the baby sleeps in the bed. So you can decide what works for you. Um, you know, it probably will depend on the age of your older child and Decide what's going to work best for your family. You know, if you're nursing and you want your baby right next to you all night, then you may want to see if you can transition your older child to a mattress. I can't guarantee that that's going to work if you try to do it anytime close to the time the baby is born, because that could really incite jealousy. So you might want to try that transition much, much earlier if you're going to, if you're thinking about doing that. But it is not safe to keep an older child um, sleeping next to a new baby in the bed. You're aware of your baby because of the connection you have with your your, your new baby. Mothers have an instinct to protect their baby and there's certain sleeping positions. And um, I do talk about that all in my co-sleeping episode, but an older child does not have the awareness for a baby. So it is technically not safe to put an older child and a baby in the same bed to sleep. So I would not recommend doing that. Moving the child to their own bed. So, this is probably the number one um, blunder that I see parents make. A lot of parents have come to me because they've moved their child to a new bed or a new bedroom too close to the baby's arrival, and your older child has a major sleep regression. This is really common. So, you think that moving your child to their new room and giving the baby their room or their crib is going to be a really exciting thing for your child. And with most children, it backfires because your child is seeing as seeing this as I have to share something that's mine. I have to give something up for this baby. They don't see it as a positive most of the time. So, it's much better idea to do this 4 to 6 months before the baby is born. I would say six months to give your child plenty of time to adjust or four or more months after the baby is born. So we all know what a challenge sharing can be for children, particularly toddlers and preschoolers. And so the way to to handle this is if you're thinking of transitioning your child into a big bed or giving, if you need to give the crib to your baby, what you can do is just have your baby sleep in a bassinet or a pack and play, something else until they're at least four months old and then try to transition. And what you do is talk to your older child about the transition and see how they feel about it. And if they are really adamant about not sharing or not moving their bed, this is not something you want to force because it is going to cause major problems and regressions as far as sleep. I would say, If your child says no and they're very adamant about that, revisit the topic in two to three weeks and ask them again. But definitely need to have a backup plan here. Don't count on sharing your child's current uh, crib with your new baby because it could really backfire. So if you do need to move beds or move cribs eventually, You want to focus on the older child and really downplay the fact that this is for the baby and that this is because the baby needs their bed or their bedroom. Get your child excited about moving beds or rooms. Let them pick it out. Let them pick out their new sheets. Let them pick the paint color if they're moving to a new room. Really don't talk much about how the baby is kind of causing these changes, but more about how your older child is benefiting from this. I definitely recommend waiting until your child is three or as close as possible to three before you move them to a a big bed. And this is just because children who are younger, they don't understand 100% about why they need to stay in their beds. This can cause them to get out of their beds and play or repeatedly get out of their beds and come find you. The crib sometimes is enough to stop them from you know, it gives them a little physical boundary. So even if they're awake in their bed, they're not going to be getting out of their bed and coming to get you or playing or running around the house. So that's why we typically recommend waiting till child is three because they have much more understanding of sleep rules and why it's it's safer to stay in their bed. Um, you can just, you know, they have more um, ability to reason. That's my recommendation that I give to all my families. And of course, it doesn't work for everyone, but definitely timing that transition, again, at least four to six months away from the birth of your new baby. Sleep regressions around the time of a new sibling is really common. Most families will experience this to some degree. You want to treat a sleep regression around the time of a new sibling, just like you would with any other developmental regression. So what I recommend for sleep regressions is responding patiently, calmly, but pretty briefly and very boring. You don't want to turn on the lights. You don't want to talk to your child. You want to just very calmly, quietly return them to their beds or sit there with them while they fall back to sleep. Support them emotionally by being there with them, but you don't need to entertain them or talk to them If they are older and they're talking to you or trying to get your attention, you can just say something like, it's time to sleep now, it's time for quiet now, something like that. And it's a phrase that will become part of them falling back to sleep. So you want to pick a phrase that you repeat. Another part of this is trying to fill your child's cup during the day with attention Or their emotional bank so that they aren't seeking your attention at night. And I talk about this in previous podcasts about children who are trying to connect with parents at nighttime because they don't see them enough during the day. This can happen particularly with parents who work a lot and they don't see their children a lot, except in the morning and at bedtime. You know, you're the most important person in your child's life, as I said before, and they wanna see you as much as possible. So, if they do start having disruptions at night, which most children will when there's a, a new sibling, they think of that as a time when they get to spend time with you. So if you are able to give your child undivided attention um, at some point during the day and before bed, this can go a long way to really minimizing these regressions and night wakings when there is a new sibling how long this lasts is really going to depend upon how you react to it and how you treat these wakings. Something else people ask me about a lot is bedtime with more than one child. So when you have a new baby, how do you do it? I've tried lots of things over the years. Many times I had to do all or most of the bedtime routine because both parents in the families I was nannying for were working very demanding jobs and they would get home either after bedtime or right around bedtime. And so your number one best friend is going to be that little bouncy chair because most of the time, unless your infant is having a really fussy time, you can put your infant in one of those bouncy chairs and give them a little toy and you can take care of your older child's bath time. You can get pretty far in your routine with one of those. I would say that's going to buy you, unless your infant is hitting a point where they're hungry or they're tired right at that time, that's going to buy you a good 20 minutes, that bouncy seat. So you're able to give your older child a quick bath and then maybe get them in their pajamas. And, you know, you really have to see what works for you in your family and what the timings are, it really is going to depend quite a bit on timings. You know, whether your little one and your older child need to go to bed around the same time, that can be a little trickier. What I will say is that it's really best to avoid phones and iPads as a distraction because those will interfere with your older child's ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. That's just the science of sleep. You know, any light from a screen before bed is going to interfere with their melatonin production, which is what helps them relax and get ready for sleep. So do your very best. Of course, if it's a one-off situation and your newborn is screaming, you know, and you don't know what else to do and you need to give them a screen for a few minutes to distract them, then of course do what you have to do. My motto is always do the best you can, but I would try to make this the exception rather than the rule. So instead, what you can try is books, letting your child if you need to attend to the little the little one, let your child come in the room and read quietly or color coloring books quietly or even workbooks for older children where they can do little um practicing numbers or or shapes. Something to keep them quiet while they're in the room. And of course, you want to talk to them beforehand and tell them that they're they can stay in the room with you, but they need to be very quiet because you're trying to put the baby to sleep and the baby needs quiet, you know, definitely have this conversation with them before you bring them in the room when you're trying to calm down your little one. Another thing you can do is either in your child's current room or in the baby's room, have a little special toy bin that you fill with different things that they only are allowed to play with while you're attending to the baby. And then as soon as you're done, you put the special toy bin away. So that can be something that they can look forward to. And of course, they're quiet toys, um, something soft or, you know, little activity books or one of those, um, you know, the markers that are no mess markers or the little watercolor brushes that um, color on the paper that are no mess. Any of those kind of things can um, be really useful in these situations. So it's kind of trial and error. You have to see what works for you and also with with the schedules, a lot of times what I'll do, if you're taking your children, let's say your bedrooms are upstairs, or if you need to attend to the baby, I would definitely recommend making sure that all the ro- the doors to the rooms, other than the room you're using, are closed. This just prevents your child from wandering into rooms that they're not supposed to be in, and of course, for safety reasons. So the last topic I want to share with you before I close out the show is how to do room sharing with siblings. This can be a real big challenge. And sometimes you want the siblings to share a room for closeness. Sometimes it's just out of necessity. Let's say you're downsizing to a a different house or you only have one extra bedroom. So I'm going to give you a few of my best uh, recommendations. So giving each child personal space. So letting them, if you can logistically, each have their own side of the room or their own corner of the room. And decorating it the way that they like to, putting their own, you know, posters up over by their room or giving them each a little, if they're older children, one of those little pop up tents over their beds so they have their own space. And on that topic, um, sometimes having a room divider between the two children so they can't, even though they know the other one is there, they can't see the other child can help with some of the distracting each other and trying to talk to each other, because it's usually one child or the other that will be more trying to get the other one's attention. And sometimes just that little physical barrier can be helpful. It can also help with older children to feel like they have their own space. So I really like those little pop-up tent beds, as long as your child is old enough to give them a little bit of privacy and feel like they have their own space. And also if they're able to stay up later at night and read with a little reading light, um, that gives them the ability to do that and not disturb the younger child that maybe needs dark t- darkness to sleep. On that topic, be sure that your sleep environment is prepared for optimal sleep. So make sure it is dark enough and it's quiet enough and it's the right temperature just so that you're checking all those basic boxes and you don't have those issues that are keeping your children awake you know if the room is too bright your children are going to have trouble sleeping in the first place and then if there's two of them in there that's going to be doubly challenging of course making sure the room is safe ch- uh, furniture is you know anchored and there's nothing that's um dangerous in the room or that children can climb onto. you know to the best of your ability some children will find anything to climb on but with two children, sometimes they can kind of egg each other on as far as trying different things, and they might try more daring things than they would if they were by themselves. So just take that into consideration. You definitely want to try to keep each child on their own schedule. And again, this is going to really vary greatly depending on your child's ages. But, you know, trying to put a three-year-old and a six-year-old in bed at the same time together is... It's just not going to work because they have different sleep needs. So finding a way to honor your each of your children's sleep needs is going to be a trial and error process. You know, you might do the bedtime routine in one bedroom, like in your room, and then take each child separately into the room at their at their bedtimes. You might do the bedtime routine in the children's bedroom and then take one child out, or they might be so close in age that you're able to do bedtimes together. So you have to find what works for you, but definitely keeping routines consistent is very important. You know, when children know what to expect, they know what's expected of them. And so keeping that consistent, calming bedtime routine in place for both of them is going to really help them know what to expect. So giving your child um, a chance to get used to their new better crib before the change, if this is this goes for the younger one, I would say if you're going to be moving your younger child into the older child's room and you're moving them from say co-sleeping or a bassinet to a crib, I recommend putting the crib or whatever sleep surface they're going to be on in your room for a little while so that they're able to get used to this and comfortable in this before you try to put two kids in the same bed. Because again, changing beds is a transition for children and they need time to adjust to it. It can cause sleep disruptions. Even something as small as moving from a bassinet to a crib is going to take some time for your child to adjust to. Being sure that your children like to sleep or are used to sleeping in similar environments. So if you're moving your little baby into a room that has a white noise machine and I do recommend this particularly with two children but I always recommend a white noise machine just because it can really help prevent children from waking each other you know sometimes one children talks in their sleep or they wake up and cry a little bit and this can prevent your older child from waking with the younger child but be sure that your little one is used to a white noise machine so you're maybe going to want to put one in your bedroom and get the little one used to it of course with any child that's older than I would say two, having a conversation about sleep rules with each child. You want to decide if lights out means no talking or if they're allowed to have a certain amount of time after lights out talking and then you come back and tell them now it's time to sleep. Decide what works for your family. See how your children's personalities kind of mesh together in the room and how you feel about you know a strict bedtime. What I recommend is definitely starting way earlier than normal with the bedtime routine so that you're able to give them like a good 15, 20 minutes to talk and play if that's something that they've, they're they doing. Start the bedtime routine 15, 20 minutes earlier just so that you can then go in and say, okay, now it's lights out, it's time for quiet, and it's closer to your children's actual bedtime than if you were to put them down at their bedtime and let them stay awake and talk and play for another 15 or 20 minutes Giving you guys lots of ideas, again, these are things you're going to have to try um, and experiment with and see what works for your children and for your family. Definitely want to stick to the arrangement, even if children don't respond right away. Sometimes this can take weeks or months for children to get used to sleeping together and just the novelty of it to wear off. You don't want to start bringing one child into your bedroom. This is going to regress the whole process. So even if your children are losing a little sleep, if you're losing a little sleep, you want to really try to stick to the arrangement as best as you can. And one last tip is that nap time can be really challenging with two children. In the same room. Naps are already challenging just because the sleep pressure, the drive to sleep isn't as strong during the day. And there's so many factors that need to be just right in order for your child to take a nap. So if nap time is too challenging, just have them nap in separate rooms. And this can look like many different arrangements. This can look like having a pack and play in your bedroom or in another guest bedroom or even in a closet, like a walk-in closet. There was a family I worked for when the cleaner, cleaning lady would come and clean the bedroom, we would put the child in the walk-in closet so that it didn't make as much noise when she was cleaning because it was in a quieter part of the house. So, you know, the little one is probably more mobile, but you can also move your older child, let's say, let them nap in your bed or let them nap... In a guest room, as long as the environment is quiet and dark for them, they should be able to sleep. Even if you need to lay with them for a few minutes to get them to sleep, it's definitely better than sticking two kids in a room together and trying to nap them together because this is going to be a big challenge unless they're both amazing sleepers and aren't interested in playing with the other one during nap time. Just, you know, most children at certain stages would much rather play then nap and so this can really make naps together very challenging. Those are my best tips on introducing a new sibling to the family and the logistics of sleep with a new sibling and then also room sharing. My connection this week is actually called a connection plan. When you have a new sibling in the family or really with any major change that's happening in the family, You want to develop a connection plan for each child. So think about scheduling time with each child that's undivided attention, one-on-one, no electronics, each day, and really schedule this time like you would any other appointment. Now, it may vary from day to day, but it's very important that you give each child some undivided attention each day, and this will make them feel like they're very special and they get this secret special time with you and this even if it's only 20 to 30 minutes can go a very long way in filling your older child's bank account, emotional bank account so that they're not looking for that attention during the night and I'm not guaranteeing that 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 this will prevent sleep regressions but it will definitely lessen them and it will make your child feel so much more secure. That is my show for this week. I hope that you're all taking good care of yourselves in every way possible. Remember to be kind to yourself and be real gentle with yourself and your family right now. We are all just doing the very best we can. So take care until next week. Bye bye. We'll be back next Tuesday with the brand new episode. Until then, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for tips on sleep and a whole lot more. See you next week.